Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I'm Roxanne Gay, the co-host with Tressie McMillan-Cottom of Here to Slay from Luminary. And today, we have an excerpt we'd like you to listen to. It's from our episode about student loan debt with Senator Elizabeth Warren. If you want to hear more, you can listen to the whole thing by going to luminary.link slash slay. We put out a call on social media to hear from you, our listeners, about how student loan debt has impacted your life and what you would do if some of it were forgiven. And y'all, the responses were overwhelming. Hi, my name is Amy. My name is Jessica. Hi, this is Liz. Hi, my name is Vera. If I didn't have any student debt, I would feel more free to give money away to organizations that I care about. So if I didn't have student debt, I would happily put a ring on it. I'd actually make my salary. Instead, over the last few years, I haven't gotten to reap the benefit of my education. I would probably try to buy a new car. Hi, Roxanne and Tressie. My name is Nicole. I'm calling from Washington, D.C. I have about $150,000 in student debt, which I am very ashamed to admit to anyone, especially you, um, because there's such an understanding that I should have known better. And I didn't. And I feel ashamed. I really just thought if I got all the good grades and did everything that the path laid out for me that I was supposed to do, that I would be able to pay it off. And that was really the narrative that I was sold. My name is Jessica, and I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. I owe $320,000 despite only having borrowed about $160,000 and having paid almost $70,000 back. It's predatory, and if I didn't have this debt hanging over my head, my life would be so different because I'd be able to have a savings account. I'd be able to help struggling family members, particularly in this pandemic. But instead, I count every penny and I reduce the amount of my paycheck by what's going to be $900 a month this year. Hmm. You know, Tressie, I don't know if I'm just extra emotional, but as I read and listened to these stories, I'm just disgusted and furious. And I just feel so much hurt for these people like Nicole, who said that she's ashamed. Nicole, you have nothing to be ashamed of. There is no shame in debt, and there's certainly no shame in debt that you took for an education without recognizing perhaps the consequences. I didn't either. When you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're willing to give you as much as you need, you, you don't think about how am I going to repay it, or you do, but you don't have a sense of what it's actually going to take, or that compound interest is is going to give you something like what Jessica had, which mm. is $320,000. My God, yeah. that's a terrible burden. Yes, it is. And, you know, individuals uh, maybe should not have been able to predict 
what would happen with their student loans. Mm -hmm. I don't think individuals were responsible for being able to predict it. But you know who was responsible for being able to predict what would happen (laughs) as as tuition costs rose, as our investment in public higher education declined, and as we told people, drummed it into people from the time they were born, that you have to go to college. You have to go to college to be a good person, to live out the American dream, and you should do it at all costs. Who knew better were the people who allowed it to happen. That is the primary reason why we should forgive student loan debt, because our federal government created the problem. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to hear from more people uh, later on in the show about how different their lives would be if they didn't have student loan debt weighing them down. But first, we're going to talk to somebody who's been in those rooms with the people who knew exactly what was happening, just as I've been in some of those rooms. I know they knew. Mm-hmm. They knew what negative amortization was going to do and was going to have somebody with $300,000 in student loans. They knew that all that unsecured debt would somehow eventually come home to roost. People let this happen. They did. And Elizabeth Warren has been warning us about that for quite some time. Yes, Senator Warren is our guest today. And she created the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau before she became senator. And as we know, she ran for the Democratic nomination in 2020. Now, she and Chuck Schumer are urging President Biden to cancel student loans. And she's said that with the stroke of a pen on day one, the Biden-Harris administration can right this wrong. And so to get more about her plan and exactly how Biden can do this, we spoke to Senator Warren on Zoom just a few days before the impeachment trial started. Well, hello, Senator. We are well. We are thrilled that you made time for us. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here with you all. Excellent. And we're going to talk today about an issue that all three of us care very much about, uh, student loan debt, and trying to figure out how we begin to chip away at this iceberg that so many people have following them. Mm -hmm. I know I have $149,000 in student loan debt. and And I refuse to know how much I owe. You know, that's where I am. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's just too much. Like every time I every month. Well, thankfully, we've had the moratorium. But when I look at that bill and I make my monthly thousand dollar payment, I just look at it and nine hundred and ninety one dollars of it goes to interest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm literally never going to get ahead unless I pay it off. Yep. Yes. And that's the point you know, that is for think about that. For tens of millions of Americans, Mm -hmm. their relationship to their federal government is that their federal government is squeezing them on interest payments and fees Mm -hmm. so that they got to pay, pay, pay every month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for people who fall behind, it's Mm -hmm. a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It is just, there's just no other way to describe it because the interest in the fees then just start slamming people. There are a lot of folks out there who are trying to make payments and they're actually not even able to service the debt and the fees. How's right, that right. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's awful. And they never get ahead. I mean, mm-hmm. and when, and when you finally get so far behind that the government starts to collect, there's no getting out from under that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's no bankruptcy that will make it go That's away. Right. There's mm-hmm. there's no respite. And it seems like a quite a price to pay for wanting an education. That's right. For having tried to get an education. In fact, 
you think about the lifetime part of this. And I want to talk a lot about young people in student loan debt, but there are people over 65 this who is are struggling my, with student yes, loan debt. Yes. There's a million of them. Yeah. Think for, about them. For years, Senator Warren, I have tried to make, as they say where I'm from, make that dog hunt. Uh I have tried Uh to get people to feel the emotional resonance of the fact that senior citizens' student loan indebtedness has increased uh, significantly over the last 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that fundamentally undermines our greatest anti-poverty program we've ever had, Social Security. Yes, ma'am. In fact, it's even worse than that. So here we've got seniors. Let's pause for a minute Yes. about how they end up. So for some of them, God bless them, it's because they guaranteed student loan debt for their children, for a beloved child or grandchild. Yes. Right. For some of them, it's because when the crash hit in 2008 and they got laid off or at Mm -hmm. some earlier point, they said, you know, I'm going to try to polish up my skills here and Mm -hmm. get my college diploma, get a little more education. And they take on student loan debt to do it and then discover it didn't pay off for them. And so here they are. They're in their 60s. They're in their Mm -hmm. 70s. They're in their 80s, they have student loan debt, and now here comes the real kick in the gut, and that is, you know, you can't garnish Social Security checks for much of anything. That's right. Very, very restricted, because it's, as you say, it's our basic anti-poverty program. Mm -hmm. It's our basic universal income, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the floor. One of the big exceptions is they garnish Social Security checks to pay off student loans. There are more than 100,000 people in this country right now who Mm -hmm. don't get their full Social Security checks because the federal government is taking a bite out of it for student loans. And now, to go back to your point, Roxanne, for a bunch of those folks, Mm -hmm. the amount that the government's taking out doesn't even cover Mm -hmm. the interest and fees. Mm -hmm. So in other words, those folks are going to have a bite taken out, a big bite taken out of their social security every month until they die. Yeah. Yeah. They'll never be out from under it. That's what student loan means. Debt death sentence. Yes. I cannot believe. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe we created such a perfectly orchestrated and designed moral hazard yep. uh, mm-hmm. such as this. And I do think this is an important point, Senator Warren, and I would love to hear how we work our way out of it by your estimation. We created this. This is not something where we can go to the private sector for once. That's right. Say, <laughs> right. This is not Amazon. This is not Facebook, actually, for once. We did this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so since we're the ones who did this, how do we, in your estimation, undo it, and who's standing in our way. Okay. So remember how we did this. Mm-hmm. We did this basically starting back yeah, in the Reagan years. Doesn't everything? <laughs> Doesn't everything. everything. That's right. It all trickles down <laughs> Oh, there. man. You know, never, nobody ever describes exactly what it is that's trickling down, right? No, they do not. <laughs> but it's not nice. But you it's know not that. nice. That's right. And it smells bad. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so basically, but think back this way. Here's how I always look at this. I grew up in a family. I'm first generation to make my way to college and graduate from college. I wanted to be a public school teacher. 
I got my chance at a commuter college that cost $50 a semester. Mm-hmm. So here I am for a price you can pay for on a part-time waitressing job. I can get a college diploma without incurring any debt. Mm-hmm. Why? Because taxpayers supported those public institutions, University mm-hmm. of Houston. It was a first-rate education. That was my chance. That chance doesn't exist anymore. That's right. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So, so two things happen simultaneously, basically. We say to young people, increasingly, you've got to have some post-high school education, technical school, two-year college, four-year college. And then part two is, and to pay for it, you're on your Mm -hmm. own. Yeah. So the federal government says, we'll help out by lending you the money. And I got to tell you, that's like throwing an anchor to a drowning man. Mm -hmm. So if you start out in a family that can't write a check for your tuition, like I did, Mm -hmm. you got no chance to just be able to go work a part-time job and pay for it. You take on this debt. That's who takes on the debt. And then over time, the college prices kept going up. The taxpayers put less and less into those public institutions. Yeah, both happening at the same time. We've got a perfect cross on the graph. Exactly right. Yeah. And that meant that young people took on more and more debt to get an education. And we got to put this in because it's a powerful civil rights issue. Mm-hmm. It hit communities of color the hardest. Mm-hmm. We know that black students borrow more money to go to school, mm-hmm. borrow more money while they're in school, and have a harder time paying when they get mm-hmm. out. We know mm-hmm. the same is also true for Latinx students. Mm-hmm. So here we've got this problem. And now the question is, you have it exactly right, Dr. Cotton, and that is, what are we going to do about it? And it's mm-hmm. a two-step answer. Step one, we got to cancel a bunch of the student loan debt. Now, All right. Morally, why we should cancel it? Because kids never should have been forced to take it on. That's in the first it. Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep saying this is the ultimate federal, our bad. Oh, yep. oops, you know, yep. my bad. We did this. Yep. Here we go. All right. So we cancel student debt. So thrilled to hear it. We put the money in so nobody ever has to do this again. Uh Uh And when I say we put the money in, we've got to put the money in two places. One is let's get our public colleges and universities down to tuition free, Mm -hmm. right? No fees. So you can go to school, expand our Pell Grants. Mm -hmm. So there'll be help for the students that come from the lowest income backgrounds to be able to cover uh, room and board and tuition or childcare or whatever else it is they need to be able to go to school. But there's a second part to this. And again, it's going back to how we created this problem to begin with. And that is back around the turn of the last century, we as a nation put real money into our state universities. Yay. That's right. And then we said, uh, but African-American students don't get to attend in a lot. That's right. Either made it literally impossible or just pretty much impossible. Yeah. So we put a little bit of money into the historically black colleges and universities, Mm -hmm. again, as a nation. But mostly the historically black colleges were left out of the social provisioning post-World War II. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that means, as you know, it was the black churches. That's right. And black businesses that Mm -hmm. put up money to try to keep them supported. So my view on this is we put big money 
as a nation, we need to now into our state colleges, universities, mm -hmm. technical schools, and we need to make a significant investment. My proposal is $50 billion uh -huh. into uh -huh. our HBCUs. Yeah. And you got it. And you know what's interesting? $50 billion is an unfathomable amount of money. But when you look at what the, we're spending on the military and what we're spending on law enforcement mm -hmm. and on the prison system, $50 billion is a drop in the bucket. Yep. It's a deal. Yep. It, it's a bargain. Mm -hmm. And and frankly, the price tag to address not only HBCUs, but all state colleges and universities, it's doable. Mm -hmm. And we seem to keep running into this resistance of how do we pay for it when we never really ask that question, unless it's something that's going to benefit people. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other part of it. Uh, and I would love to know your thoughts on this. So many people say this isn't fair because I already paid off my student loans or I made responsible choices and yeah. didn't get any student loan debt or I never went to college, to college at all. So right. what do I get? So let's talk about that. Because there are mm -hmm. two or three different answers here, right? One of them is, let's remember, 40% of the people who are dealing with student loan debt mm -hmm. don't have a college diploma. That's right. They mm -hmm. don't finish. So, uh, what we used to call some coursework, but no degree. That's right. <laughs> and, and you know how you mostly get paid in what jobs you qualify for with some coursework, but no degree? Mm -hmm. High school grad. That's, That's right. So here they are. They're earning like a high school grad, but they've got significant student loan debt. Mm -hmm. and, and let's remember why people drop out. This is not just about abstract numbers. Mm -hmm. These are folks who quit because they were working three jobs and they couldn't mm -hmm. keep up with coursework. They're trying to support themselves and their families. These are people mm -hmm. who help out an elderly parent who was right. sick. These are people mm -hmm. who had babies. Yes. Uh, and just couldn't make it on through. So as a nation, in effect, what we're saying is, boy, you really want to get ahead. You got to have that post-high school education, got to have that college degree. But you know, if you try and don't make it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. man, you're going to be wrapped in a chain with an anchor for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. That's not how we build a future. Mm -hmm. You want to encourage people to try. You want to right. you want to give them some lift here, mm -hmm. not say if it doesn't work, you're going to be caught with this debt forever. So that's the first part you've got to remember. A lot of folks who say, well, I never went to college. Yeah. And there are folks who tried and it didn't pay off mm -hmm. and we're trying to help them out here. Second thing about it is to say, look, we need to cancel student loan debt, not only because it's good for all the people who are struggling with student loan debt, Mm -hmm. But because it's good for our economy overall, mm -hmm. even before the pandemic, mm -hmm. what we were seeing is that increasingly young people, because of student loan debt, weren't mm -hmm. buying homes, right. weren't starting small businesses. Think about that. Because the student loan debt held them back. So I look at it this way. You cancel that student loan debt. It is the single most effective thing that President Biden could do right now mm -hmm. to lift this economy up mm -hmm. and to lift millions of people up in mm -hmm. this economy. You know, I don't drive on the highways in South Dakota, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. my tax dollars help pay for those federal highways Mm -hmm. Because we take the position, it's good for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. It's good to have that interstate highway system because this is how goods and services get mm -hmm. to move around. 
we invest in public education because all those workers who get an education, who get out there then and start small businesses or who go to work and who know how to do the jobs and how to read instructions and how mm-hmm. to how to come up with better ideas and all of that is how we build a future together. We make those investments in each other because they pay off for all of us. Mm-hmm. So whether you've got student loan debt or not, you're going to benefit from a program that cancels out a big hump mm-hmm. of that debt. Mm-hmm. I think this is a big part of the message that is missing, Senator Warren. And I want to be really honest here with you. I think that has been mostly a failure of the Democrats who have not made a clear case for people about the collective value of education, the social value, right? We've got that economic language. And I think part of what people hear is, well, you went to college, you were going to get the benefit, you were going to get the increased earnings. So if you are on the hook for the debt, that's a you problem, yeah. <laughs> right? That's a you problem. So, uh, and one of the things that comes out of that is this understanding, well, we kind of already have these small administrative fixes. And so we got to get into why we wouldn't then just put the millions of indebted students into something like an income-driven repayment plan. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're pushing the bigger, let's just do a wiping out of the ledger, right? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we do, in your estimation, I know why I wouldn't do it. I'm going to tell you, I have a PhD and I have never been able to get my certification form approved for income-driven repayment. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. I've never been able to have it. And so I just want people to know that I've been trying for eight years and it's never happened. But tell me why income-driven repayment and the other income-based repayment plans isn't the big progressive vision you laid out for us. So there are two reasons. One is the technical one that you identify. Every one of these programs is written so mm-hmm. hard, so complicated, so mm-hmm. twist and turn, and then you got to do a double back gainer yep. off the high yep. dive and flip around twice in the air. And, <laughs> and the people that the federal government hired to administer these yes. programs, they go out and put people in the wrong programs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. And then it turns out, you find out 10 years down the road mm-hmm. when you thought, okay, now it's time and they're going to cancel all my student loan debt. And they say, oh, sorry, you've been in the wrong program all this time. And again, that's on you. Mm-hmm. So I know you're going to be shocked to hear this. I've kind of had some back and forth with Betsy DeVos and the Department of Education. Oh, yeah. I'm very surprised. Oh, I'm this surprised. Is my surprise I would have thought you guys got along very well. <laughs> I see your surprise face there. Okay. All right. But of the people who are eligible, who applied for Mm -hmm. student loan debt relief, right? The Department of Education turned down, are you ready? Drum roll. Yes. 99% of them. Yeah. Yeah. 99%. And this was after Congress, uh, Mm -hmm. after we had said, you've got to open these programs up and make them work. So, okay. So there's part one. It just hadn't worked. Mm -hmm. But let's just say, you could make it work. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's the right approach. Mm-hmm. I think the right approach is to say, we want to invest in people. Mm-hmm. And we want to invest in people getting an education. If we'd been doing that all along, we wouldn't have wouldn't a billion here. and a half dollars in student loan debt. Right. And saying, hey, we're only going to put a mortgage on your life for the next 20 years. You're only 
going to have to pay off the equivalent of buying a home mm-hmm. before you're ever back to dead flat, even broke. Saying that is saying it's all still on you, but it's yeah. not about our investing in each other and creating more opportunity. And I just think that's fundamentally wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to wipe out this backlog of student loan debt, or at least pare it mm-hmm. down dramatically. And then let's approach higher ed in the 21st century view that we need to, Mm -hmm. that we want to open up opportunity, not just for some of our kids, not just for kids born into families that can afford to write a tuition check. We want to open up that opportunity for all of our kids. It's good for all of us if we do that. You can listen to our full interview with Elizabeth Warren by going to luminary.link. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.